Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey now, Semper Fi, welcome into this Saturday edition, another Saturday edition of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show here on the home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL, AMFM.com, and the Odyssey app. Good to have you aboard here till 1230. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for... Pre-game coverage, continuing pre-game coverage against our four LSU against Ole Miss today. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, Oakenhart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. And Herb, it's the first time you and I have chatted since last weekend prior to the announcement that Coach O is now basically the interim coach for LSU, uh, even though they beat Florida last weekend. And we haven't chatted on the air or off the air since then about that. So I want to get your reaction to what we've heard over the last six days about Coach O and his uh, his fall from grace, to put it quite frankly. Good morning, K Dog. Man, hope all is well with my brother. Um, man, you know it's it's one of those bitter, sweet moments, right? It's like uh, you know, Coach O is such a, a I guess a leader, um, an advocate for Louisiana, LSU football. Um, you know the boot itself the purple and gold everything he talks about is about tigers and lsu and the program and the and the, and the people of louisiana and that's something you can never take away from him um you know he brought us a national championship and probably one of the greatest teams in the history of college football in 2019 if not the greatest team um but you know he's a man of 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 great integrity when it comes to football and when it comes to his players, when it comes to the university and the people of Louisiana, we love him for that. Um, You know, uh, it's, uh, you know, everything that I've said, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Right. So nine and eight or whatever it's been since 2019 is not going to get it, especially with what we think the talent that we have on the field is. And, you know, it's sad to see him go. Um, or it, you know, it's it's sad to see him not be the head coach of LSU because he's just, you know, he embodies it and he has the, he is the face of LSU. He has been for you know the last five years or so, and um, he's the voice of LSU. <laughs> um, so we love him for that, you know. But you know, it's it's a sad deal. Um, but it's time, I think. Um, kind of lost his way of understanding how to regain that, uh, get back to that pinnacle of 2019. You know, he's tried to do many different things, and he mentioned it in that press conference. He said if he knew what went wrong, he would change it. You know, he would have done something about it. So, 
Um, so he had at least, you know, taken the first step of admitting what's, you know, taking ownership as to what's happening there and what's what's going on. But look, we're LSU. Um, we're going to bounce back from this. We're going to hire one of the best coaches in the country. I know Scott Woodward is going to do the very best he could or can do about this situation. Um, I just, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I love everything that Coach O has done. I think that he's also going to be a great advocate for the school, for the program moving forward, even in these last final games um, up until the end of the season. Um, and I hope that we can get to six wins so he can coach a bowl game, which is going to help as well not only in the search of getting uh, continuing the recruiting path, but also in the search of getting a new head coach. I think that he can be a great advocate for us. And, um, you know, um, it's just, it's like I said, it's a bittersweet deal, bittersweet deal. He's, he was, look, Chris K, though, he's one of the guys, you know, um, I guess it's since Saban, um, where he's pretty much opened up the, all the facilities to the former players. And, um, you know, I, I was, you know, one of the guys that worked with me at MAP um, just texted me. He was like, man, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit just dro- name dropped you just now on college game day. And I'm like, okay, well, what did he say? Why did he say it? So I went back and I looked at it, and what he was talking about was LSU need to get back to the pride of the purple and gold. You need to get back to not just worrying about getting guys that are surefire first, second-round draft picks from LSU and just regaining that confidence of what we are as a program. And and Kirk kind of dropped my name. He's like, you know, back in the days when Herb Tyler was there, this is what they were doing. They were just getting the guys that really meant and hope and played for the best of the team in the purple and gold. And and I think that's one of the things that Coach O actually did in the very beginning. He really reached out to the older guys, the uh, the former Tigers, former Everybody, no matter whether you play basketball, football, baseball, whatever it was, he would invite you into the facilities, talk to the guys, be a part of the team, be a part of the program, be a part of the atmosphere. And I think that's one of the things that kind of got away over the last couple of years. Not that he didn't do that and that it wasn't there, but it just was a different type of atmosphere and things of that nature. So I think whoever is the next coach comes in, he's got to try to regain that. And those younger guys who are playing there now really feel – the power that comes off of the former players such as myself and other people. Herb, it's a classic example of not ha- not handling success. And what I mean by that is, ultimately, you, you, you accomplish something, something great, like he did, and then it's a matter of how do you handle everything else that comes with winning a national championship. There's a lot of people that want to pull at you. They want your time. They want, you know, they want your voice. So you got to balance that. And one of the things that I wrote about earlier this week, given the news of Coach O, was I think his biggest mistake was not having a no guy. And what I mean by that is Nick Saban has a no guy. Um, all the great coaches have, with sustained success have a no guy. He didn't want to be a bad guy. He didn't want to be the guy say, that said, no, I can't do that. And he needed that. He needed somebody around him, A, to tell people no, and B, to challenge him. And once he won the national championship, I think he felt like, well, I'm doing everything right. I'm living right. So, And, and then nobody had the gumption to say, hey, coach, uh, this isn't going well. This part needs to be fixed. You get what I'm, you get what I'm driving at here? I agree. Um, everyone around him or, 
you know, I don't know about everyone around him, but I understand what you're saying as far as having yes men versus people that tell you, no, this is not the way to go. This is what we should do. We should at least reconsider and all these different things. I understand that. I just, I don't know all of the different things that's come out. I don't know the truth about all of those things. But what I do know is that after the 2019 season, I think we lost like 20-something players or something that was from that team that really contributed. We lost the offensive coordinator who was a, you know, quote-unquote, a wonder child in the, in the offensive game planning and scheming and things of that nature and really revamped our offense. He helped that. We lost Dave Aranda and our defensive coordinator. Um, what I think the issue was, and this was, you know, I don't know if this goes along with not being able to handle success, but how do you replace those kind of guys? What is your process in order to get to the point of bringing in a person or people that could have helped sustain that level of success. Well, he you tried know, and he reached your kids and things like that. I don't know if that's a part of it or not, but he never did it. He never got to that point again. The people that he brought in were not people that was able to help turn it around. Now, look, Jake Peaks and, and, and Deron Day, I forget his last name, I can't remember his name, but the defensive coordinator, he's, um, you know, we don't know what these guys are going to be. Right, we're just what six games into their careers as far as coordinators are concerned, so we don't really know. So maybe these guys can be really good. I don't know, but it's just we just it's 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 too late for Coach O, but it's not too late for those guys. But we'll see what happens with those guys. So, but what I'm getting at is that he didn't have the complete consistency that he had leading up to the years of getting to that 2019 season. Right, so I guess those first three years he had at least had Dave Aranda. Um, in one half of the the the, uh, the offensive coordinator uh, duel that we had in 2019. Yeah, and look, I think Steve Ensminger's loss, you know, losing him was maybe bigger than we estimated at the time initially. I, I think Steve Ensminger was a steadying force um, in, a, in a hurricane between Coach O probably and between Joe Brady because I think Joe Brady probably at times wanted to get too cute and uh, and Steve Ensminger was like, hold on, young young fella, hold on, let's let's be a little patient, but. Herb, you've had success in life. You know, you played collegiate football uh, in the SEC, and you have a successful career now professionally. And I, I have a career. I've had a little success myself. And I, I, I got to tell you, it's hard to manage. It's something that is not easy to do. And now, our success is at a very small scale compared to winning a national title as a head coach in major college football, and the things that come with that. Are, are, I think the pitfalls, the tripwires are at every turn. They're at every step. And if you don't manage all of it right, man, it could blow up in your face just like it did for Coach O. And and that's why, you know, when you mentioned, yeah, they lost a lot to the NFL, but Alabama loses players every year, big-time players every year. They just have a way of handling success. And, and, and look, Nick Saban's special, I understand that. But they have a way of handling success like no other. And, you know, for Nick Saban, when he wins – a national championship. He's going home and he eats two little Debbie snack snap uh, snack cakes and and that's it. That's a celebration. Maybe a, a slice of pizza. He says. Um, it's just it's amazing to think about. It's amazing to think about Herb the pressure, but a the power that comes from winning a national title. I mean, Coach O was king. He was king on LSU's campus for for two years, or really for about a year, year and a half, and. You know, now he's going to go out as a guy that 
basically ran his dream job into the ground. Well, you know, it, it's it's I can't speak to his personal life and his personal decisions and what he does off the the field, right? I mean, it's difficult for me to do that. I don't have a none of that open is book. It's not a spotlight on that. It's not anything like that that I can see. However, what I can say is that you know, to compare him to Nick Saban and how they 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 got the next guy up constantly over in Alabama is a little bit difficult to to compare that to Coach Owen where he was at, at LSU. I mean, he never, you know, Nick Saban has been in Alabama for, what, 13, 14 years now or something like that. And, you know, he's got his process. He's always had his process. He knows what it is. Everyone around him knows the process. And what do they do? How do they recruit? Who they're going to have in there? How do they take care of those athletes physically, mentally, and emotionally? They have all of that stuff down pat in, in, in place. And that's what separates Nick Saban from everybody else. It's not the fact that Nick Saban knows the secret sauce uh, of how to game plan X and O's type of thing. It starts way before that. It starts the moment that he's in the kid's living room and speaking to their parents and, and doing the Cupid shuffle, um, you know, with the family. It, that's where it starts with Nick Saban. And then all all of a sudden, you know, we all see the glitz and glamour and the glory behind it in the championship games when the ribbons are falling and whatnot and things of that nature. But that's not where it starts. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's putting in so much hard work, so much time, um, you know, you, you know, it's 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 just it's unfathomable of the way that he can get to the pinnacle of where he is now. But he started, at, you know, once again as a as a small seed to be able to grow into where he is now. And then I just think that Coach O never had an opportunity to be around someone like that to really witness what that takes. And so, how do you handle the little bit of success that you do have? as a head coach at LSU and the SEC and and win one national championship, right? And then you just literally can't even beat Vanderbilt the next year, right? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. But, however, there are a lot of different variables that came into play that allowed that to happen. And I can't be the one to say that his personal life and what he did after he won the championship affected that. I don't really – I can't tell you that it did. Because whether his success is way greater than my success or not, we both have success on some sort of level. And whatever we do to to be a detriment to that success will ultimately affect not only me, but the people around me, starting with my wife and then the people that work for me and work with me. And so if I'm not doing the right thing, it doesn't matter if the fall from grace comes from, you know, being on ESPN or Fox News or WWL or whatever it is. You know, it's still a fall from grace, and that grace can be at whatever level that you are in. So, But if you don't have the process in place, if you don't know the right way to be able to tame that lion, so to speak, and or that tiger, so to speak, then it's really going to be difficult in order for you to, to regain that success or continue the success that you're having. Lots to dissect here. NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier will join us after our first break. We are just getting started here on the Gulf Coast. Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgate and Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. This is WWL. LSU and Ole Miss this afternoon in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgate and Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. We welcome in now college and NFL analyst Mike Dettelier. And, Mike, we were talking about 
before you joined us, the, the rise and fall of Coach O, and it's something we talked about quite a bit this week on Sports Talk. And now, though, he's charged with uh, finishing this season strong. And how do you think the players are going to react knowing that Coach O is no longer going to be the head coach for the future? I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. Um, I've seen it happen both ways. I've seen uh, teams rally around their coach. Um, or what you want to say is going to be soon to be former coach. And I've seen other times where it just becomes an unraveling uh, of a situation. I, you know, having known Ed for as long as I have, I know one thing, <laughs> it, you know, he, he's going to move on with this. I mean, that's just the way he is. He's one of the toughest dudes I've ever met in my life. And he, he's going to want to finish this as strong as he can because I think he knows this will also be part of his legacy at LSU. But I don't know how the team responds to this, to be honest. Uh, that, that, it would just be speculation on my part how they're going to react to this. Uh, and, you know, can, can you get pieced together a couple wins down the stretch? Uh, but uh, I know one thing with him, he ain't letting go to rope. Uh, that, that's just the type of individual he is. And uh, I'm interested to see, because last week they knew this was it. I think they knew that this was going to go down. I think the players had a feeling, even though they hadn't been officially told, uh, you know, you can kind of smell it in the air that it was there. And they played hard. Now, at times they didn't play smart, but they played hard for them. Uh, can that happen again this week against a very talented offensive team for, for Ole Miss and, and maybe the best quarterback in the country? Lay out the path how they're going to pull this off today if they are to pull it off and, and beat Ole Miss. They're going to have to score. That's Man, I, sure. run the, I run the damn ball at them. You know, uh, uh, the, you got a running game going last week. Uh, they play this three-two-five sort of hybrid defense, uh, which is really built to stop the pass, to keep everything in front of them. And if you're going to do that to me, and at times it'll be a four-man front because you you send one of those guys up front. But uh, I see if they can stop the run, uh, and I kind of bang away at them, and then I try to hit it deep. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that, that to me, if, if that's the defense which I've seen Ole Miss play, if that's what you're going to do to me, then, I, okay, I'll play football chess with you. Uh, I'm going to run the ball at you. I'm going to run it right at you just like it did against Florida and see if you can stop it uh, because i got to play a little keep away. This can't be a game that I give you the ball, you give me the ball, and let's see how many points we're going to score because Ole Miss is better at quarterback. Now, their receiving core is sort of beat up a little bit, but still they can put points on the board. And they got a good running game, Ole Miss. When they commit to the run, man, they can run it pretty well. So I got to kind of steal uh, a couple possessions, which means a little bit of ball control. And I got to get turnovers on defense. I think that's the other part of it. You got four last week against Florida. Um, you're not going to get four again, but if you could get a couple, uh, that would be a big thing. The, the big difference between last year and this year with Ole Miss is Corral uh, protecting the football. 
Uh, he came to Manning Camp this summer, and him and I had a long sit-down interview. And one of the things he was telling me, you know, I, you know, last year I made some throws I shouldn't have made. Uh, going back and watch film with, with the coaches, I put the ball up in coverages. I should have never put it up. But I was trying to make a play when I really would have been better off throwing the football away. This year he's thrown one interception. One. He was a turnover machine last year at times uh, for Ole Miss. And he's gotten much better in that category. And Herb, as quarterback, I know it's always kind of put like game management, but that's part of the, the management of a game that you got to control yourself to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. That you cannot put the football up for grabs uh, like what Matt was doing last year. And, man, he took a beating last week. I mean, he, he got beat up pretty good. And so he's hurting now. Yep. He's starting and he's playing. But he's not 100%. And at this stage of the season, Herb, is anybody 100%? No one. Nope. And so uh, I think you want to try to force his hand a little bit here. Maybe get a little bit of pressure on him. Uh, but you got to stay in your lanes. And keep your damn feet on the ground. Don't jump up in the air because that's yeah, what he right. wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And just like with Knicks, you remember when they played against Auburn, Knicks had the defensive lineman up in the air, and then he would take off with it. Yeah. So keep it planted and put pressure on him. Make him make that throw. But uh, I think the running game and coming up with turnovers is key. And I always say this, if it's a close game, and I suspect this one will be close, um, yeah. And, you know, Ed's 5-0 and against his old Ole Miss team. He's 5-0. and That's not lost a game against uh, his, his former team uh, at Ole Miss when he was the head coach. Uh, you got to win special teams. I think that's, that's another part of the game that comes into play here, that you got to make a big play there if it's a, a block punt, if it's a, a kickoff, a punt return. Man, I ain't worried about uh, uh, the kicking game. I, I know, I know the guy for LSU. I know that dude can can kick. Uh, so, but it's the punting game and return game that I think that you have to you have to win. Yeah, Mike. Look, I'm gonna say this, man. You you mentioned something about Matt uh, Corral, and man, he is leading the team in passing, leading the team in rushing. Um, has the most touchdowns on the team. He is the guy that you got to stop. I think you're right. Everything goes through Matt. If you can find a way to stop Matt, then I think you'll be fine. Now, one thing that's going to help us is that he's not 100%, and um, but that still is he's, a, in my opinion, he's one of the top guys for the Heisman Trophy, and you're right. He is yeah. one of the best quarterbacks and players in the league. So we got, you know, we got what uh, – Andre Anthony, Allie Gay, Joe Evans, Major Burns, um, you know, Derek Stingley, Eli Ricks, all of these guys are out. Who do we turn to now to be able to help stop this guy? Because I think that the game hinges, uh, uh, us winning this game hinges on stopping Matt Corral. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Damone Clark, if we look at from the start of the season till today, uh, Herb, has that been a better player for them and who's progressed more than Damone Clark That's right. at linebacker? Actually since, actually, since he's stepped on campus, he's really been one of those guys we've talked about 
who's been progressing and developing as a player. Yeah, and, you know, he's a big man now because, you know, him and I, we spoke a few times. You look, man, you got to look up real tall because, you know, he's not your typical LSU linebacker who a lot of these guys, you know, they six foot, six foot one, you know, they, they look more like a running back. No, he right. looks like a line, an old school linebacker because he's six three, he's two hundred forty five pounds. Man, like somebody carved him out of stone. I mean, he is pieced together, and you know he's been a leader here. He was a guy that practiced real well. Maybe it didn't translate into games at times, but you know one of the things uh, Coach brought up to us when I asked him the question a couple of weeks ago was. Um, Ed wanted to move him to outside linebacker. And he didn't want the most said, no, keep me inside. He said, well, listen, you got to learn how to cover better. You got to lose a little bit of weight, be a little bit more flexible. And coach said, man, listen, he really worked at that in dropping back into coverage and losing a little bit of weight, taking better angles to the football. And he's been a totally different player than what we saw even earlier this year. Yeah. And how it ended last week, it was Clark with the interception. Yep. You know, he, he comes up with that, that INT to end it. So, I think him, Micah Baskerville, those guys have really played well. Um, you know, because just as I watched him from 10th grade all the way through uh, is watching the progression of Mason Smith at defensive end, which I think is the right spot for him. But I think the guy today really is P.J. Ojolari because everybody's had some issues trying to block P.J. When he comes off that edge and his foot speed, he becomes your pass rush guy, and he can be an influencer. And last week you saw at times either he put pressure or he was right there uh, to, to influence the, the throw by a quarterback. So I think those are the guys, the secondary guys, then you're only as good as, as the guys up front because you can't cover forever. You know, if you give that guy all that chance to throw the football, especially Corral, and he's going to put up all kind of numbers on you. You have to influence him. And that means with pressure up front from your big men. And I think BJ and Mason, uh, along with the two linebackers and Clark and Baskerville are, are the keys today. NFL and college football analyst Mike Natuye here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room. Who do you think it's going to be that ends up being the next head coach? Is it Mel Tucker at Michigan State? Is it Luke Fickle at Cincinnati? You tell us. I, I think, you know, the one thing in knowing Scott pretty well is that he's going to have a lot of time to think this over and do his due diligence. He's always been a guy that he will go after big game. And he wants that coach to tell him no. Okay. And sometimes you get a no. Uh, I have no doubt uh, when the coaching search started for the baseball coach, he went after the baseball coach at Florida and Tennessee. And he got told no. Uh, You know, I'm staying where I'm at. And so he he pivoted. I think he got the right guy now. I think Jay's the guy. And I think he'll do a fantastic job here. And we're seeing his recruiting exploits. And and I think that's terrific. 
it was an easy deal, I think, for Kim Mulkey uh, because, you know, if you had everything set up, now you, you've got one of the premier uh, women's basketball coaches ever in, in Kim Mulkey. But football's a little bit different. And so I, I think those guys, you, Mel Tucker, certainly from Michigan State, is someone that people with some power at LSU really like and have pushed. I think um, the James Franklin situation at Penn State, uh, I think that they want him to tell them no. You know, he won at Vanderbilt. I'm not talking about Vanderbilt High School. I'm talking about Vanderbilt College. He won nine games, not once, twice. Listen, name me the last guy to do that. Uh, that that takes some doing uh, because that, that school's not built uh, to play an SEC schedule and to win nine games. And, you know, Franklin was able to do it. So I think those two guys certainly are there. I would not rule out Billy Napier at University of Louisiana, uh, who's done a fantastic job there. Um, and like Mel Tucker, he is a disciple of Nick Saban, and he knows the recruiting area. So th- those would be the names that, that I would keep an eye on. And, and in particular, I think he wants a couple of those coaches to tell him no, being either Tucker or Franklin. I think that's what's going to happen. And you may have to pivot and go for a number three guy. Uh, but Nick wasn't the number one guy either when they hired him. Uh, and it's something I finally found uh, late last night. But uh, Mark Emmerich. Uh, when they hired Nick Saban, he made a statement. He came on Sports Talk when, when Diliberto was doing it, and he told Buddy, hey, I'm getting criticized, and LSU's getting criticized because we hired a guy that has no ties to the South. You know, Nick was a guy from West Virginia who had coached mostly in the Midwest. Now, you can't find those people who are were critical of Nick Saban today because they'll never admit it. Never admit it, but he had no ties to the South. The most games he ever won at Michigan State was nine. So he says, okay, he didn't win, you know, a Big Ten championship, He, you know, and that sort of thing. But we feel he's the game changer for us here. And if I'm Mike, wrong, speak- if I'm wrong, then you can blame me. And so he took full sort of um, – Credit and also blame if it went wrong. NFL and college football analyst Mike Natalia. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. You too, sir. Speaking of Jay Johnson and the LSU baseball squad, how about this picking up an, an elite pitching prospect, Chase Shores, six foot eight, two hundred and forty pounds, mm. has a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball. Whoa, that's a tall Whoa. drink of water with a lot of gas behind it. This is the Gulf Coast yeah. Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb and Christian here hanging hanging out on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb, Army in action today. Of course, you know my affinity for uh, West Point, having lived there for a few years. They host Wake Forest at Mikey Stadium. Have you ever been to Mikey Stadium? I have not. No, sir. It's a bucket list, man. you got to go check it out. It's a, it's Gotta a great. Got to check it out. It's a great environment. Yeah, I mean, and look, Army's coming to LSU, I think, in 2023. Um you know, it's just a, it's a neat uh, environment to watch college football with the cadets, the cadre, and 
course, you know, just the energy around the stadium. And Mikey Stadium's a, a legendary stadium. They're built into kind of a, um, a hillside, uh, a mountainside, if you will, um, at, on, on the campus of West Point, and it's pretty neat. So if you ever get a chance, Herb, make your way to an Army game at Mikey Stadium. Will do. Will do. And I'll make sure I invite you. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to do that together. Perhaps maybe LSU could play at Army, and we could maybe get the bosses to send us up there. We'll see. That's right. Anyway, uh, just wanted to point that out. Look, Army's uh, near and dear to my heart, West Point, just because I spent a lot of my formative years up there with my dad stationed at West Point. Wake Forest and Army, 16th-ranked Wake Forest and Army, getting on their way in about 13 minutes. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. And, Herb, we talked about Matt Corral. He is their offense uh, both rushing and passing, and a lot of teams are probably coming in with the same game plan that LSU's coming in with is, hey, let's just stop that guy. Well, it's easier said than done. That's right. Very easier said than done. He's one of the, the best premier players in the country, so we'll see what we can do. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, you know, it, hey, keep him in the pocket. That's fine. He can beat you there. Okay, let, let's let's let him let's let him scramble a little bit. Well, he can beat you there. Uh, well, what about stopping him in the run? Well, he can beat you there, too. Yep. I mean, he's just – multifaceted it's not as simple as it might ordinarily sound look he's a true definition of dual threat quarterback right he can throw the ball and he can run the ball but he can throw the ball precisely and make completions and not turn the ball over meaning i.e one interception or he can actually take the ball and run with it with the ball in his hands meaning he knows how to get tackled knows how to get around people he's just not a straight line runner our Oakland Heart jewelers talking text lines are open at 504 260-1870. 260-1870. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com will join us next hour. Who do you think? I want to hear from the LSU fans. Who do you think will be the next head coach at LSU? Will it be Amel Tucker at Michigan State? James Franklin from Penn State? Uh, Luke Fickle from Cincinnati? I kind of feel like the parallels, Herb, and we can get into this a little bit next hour. If you look at some of the things that Luke Fickle is about defense mm-hmm. and his age, his age reminds me a lot of well, the timeline, at least, for Nick Saban. Nick Saban was 49 when he got hired here at LSU, and he was a defensive guy. Let's talk about that next hour as well with right. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Again, our Oakland Heart Jewelers talks and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. This is the home of the Fighting Tigers, WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 